the Lucasfilm War, an ongoing epic. In a universe far, far away, there's a galactic war. The corporate empire of Lucasfilm has attacked its own fan base, or at least some of the fans. In response, a rebellion of fans across YouTube and social media has mobilized against the Sith Lord Kathleen Kennedy. Her crimson red lightsaber has just dispatched Gina Carano's Cara Dune. Bill Burr, who plays Mayfield, runs for his life. He made a silly joke at the Grammys recently, but the identity politics empire will soon follow him. He will pay the price for his lack of political correctness. The delete imperative has been issued. Shame, shame, shame. Order 66 has been ratified by Emperor Kennedy. Bow the knee or stand before Zod. In fact, kneel before Zod. Oops. Sorry, fra- sorry, wrong franchise. Moving on, Pablo Hidalgo, a creative executive at Lucasfilm and one of Kennedy's lower henchmen, calls over the First Order's Raylos. You gotta watch out for those Raylos, by the way. Over to the Imperial Dreadnought, to light speed that is the cry for the Empire. Kennedy smiles a wicked smile on her face and strokes a white cat on her lap with a black leather glove. Hidalgo himself strokes a multicolored cat so that no cat lovers are offended. The YouTube rebels try to flee, but the Empire is all over them. Only Luke Skywalker can save them now. Oh, I forgot. He's been underpowered and raptured to Star Wars purgatory. He will pay the price for being a male hero in this current fad of bashing male archetypal heroes. Who will save our YouTube heroes now? As you know on the Law Be With You podcast show, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, it's not the only franchise that I really enjoy. I'm a big Matrix fan as well. And Lord of the Rings is is kind of up there for me as well as a great franchise. Um, especially the Lord of the Rings extended lore in canon is uh, really of top quality and beautiful. And has some very high concepts that I really love. Um, in talking about Star Wars, uh, obviously there's a lot being said about Star Wars at the moment in popular culture. There's a a bit of a civil war going on at Lucasfilm where the fan base, some of the fan base on YouTube, um, groups like Geeks and Gamers and other groups affiliated with Geeks and Gamers, um, are, are I guess a kind of coalition are very critical of Kathleen Kennedy and her stewardship uh, as a president of Lucasfilm and are very highly critical of um, the new sequel trilogy, especially after The Last Jedi movie. Um, There's a lot of resentment, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of uh, hurt from the Star Wars community and the... it's a, it's a very difficult situation to see how they move forward um, in terms of resolution. Um, Kathleen has would have her agenda as the president of Lucasfilm. 
uh, her vision for how she sees the sequel trilogy and not just that but even the, the a lot of the tv shows that are now on disney plus there's a new sort of era of star wars entertainment that they are looking to bring into being there's new books as well um and so really with this new era how can how can lucasfilm really engage and win over some of those fans that are very feeling almost disaffected and disheartened by the direction that the that star wars is going in currently it's a big question um the fans that are really vocal about the direction of star wars they're talking about identity politics being really uh front and center in the new star wars films and tv shows uh the fans have also spoken about well some of the fans have spoken about what's happened to um cara dune and the gina carano firing and such a pivotal character in the mandalorian um tv show that was that is a very very popular tv show as well so there is a lot to consider here moving forward kathleen kennedy has made a lot of money for lucasfilm uh, i think within within six years of her at the helm they repaid the money that was initially paid out to buy lucasfilm um obviously disney are the are the owners of lucasfilm and so in that respect she's she's been uh, a big success for the franchise she's made them a lot of money but when you look at the numbers uh, on a a little bit closer you find that since the force awakens movie that did very very well the numbers on the on the sequel trilogy have dropped off quite a bit um so for example looking at some of these figures here the force awakens had an opening of 248 million dollars and ended up taking 965 million dollars in the us only huge profits for disney on that one and it was a great start in terms of from a financial point of view but then if we go along to the last jedi film um which had its opening in december 5th, december 15 2017 uh you'll find that it had an opening weekend of 220 million dollars and took 649 million dollars so that it was a significant drop and then if we go to the last film of the sequel trilogy which was meant to kind of like wrap up the skywalker era you've got the rise of skywalker film which opened on the 20th of december 2019 in the us had an opening weekend of a hundred of just 177 million dollars and finished on 512 million dollars in the us nearly half the amount of the first film in in that sequel trilogy which was the force awakens so you, you see how um the critical reception was mixed on the films but financially the films have started to really drop off in terms of uh their financial impact especially in the us so there is a lot to consider in terms of um the fans are to a degree voting with their feet some of the some of the critiques that are coming out of some of the youtube channels are that they're sort of liberal woke community of fans don't support the franchise in the way that the more traditional fan base do so the traditional fan base of star wars who supported the old sequel trilogies supported the george lucas films would go out and buy the toys they wouldn't just go to the cinema to watch it once they'd watch the films several times they'd buy the dvd box set they'd buy lightsabers they'd buy 
they'd buy all the the figurines they'd buy the star wars extended universe the books the canon uh the legends material uh they'd go out and buy the video games battlefront one battlefront two and, and the extended universe video game so the traditional fan base which were considered uh, probably more of a male fan base um uh, they'd probably say uh, typically a white fan base but actually i know a lot of uh, star wars fans who are black or people of color uh, but certainly the more traditional fan base would invest in terms of buying the dvds buying the books buying the toys and uh the more sort of liberal fan base that Kathleen Kennedy seems to be sort of promoting the films to and making the films for um, don't invest financially in the same way and I think the numbers have said that I think whether you agree with YouTube channels that are against Kathleen Kennedy and I think some of the things that they say are harsh I think some of the things that, that, that have been said about her are sometimes are sometimes going too far I would 100% say that um, but uh, I think in terms of the critique of the more liberal fans don't really support the product, I think that the YouTube community that are speaking against Kathleen Kennedy and her reign uh, as president of Lucasfilm, I think they're correct. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. Uh, the toy sales have dropped off as well. Um, and so there is a kind of re-evaluation needed because... I think it's a good thing to want diversity and want new fans. I think that's always a good thing. And in that respect, I think Kathleen Kennedy is correct. You should try and make the product um, reach as many fans and new markets as possible. I think that's such a great idea. Um, I just think you don't have to alienate, alienate your old fan base. So it's not an either or. Um, and I think sometimes what seems to come out of Lucasfilm and it's shown in the films as well, especially The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, is there's a kind of overall. So in those films, the male heroes are, the male archetypal heroes are really placed in a low position and put down and are very much um, shown to be weak and uh, just not really showing great verve or intelligence or, you know, decision-making abilities whereas the female characters tend to be overpowered especially the ray character um or or overhyped and i think that you can promote and 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 value the male archetypal heroes and the female archetypal heroes in fact they should play off each other they should bring the best out in of it, each other as well and i think the same idea and the same notion is kind of going with the business strategy at lucasfilm as well where you're getting a kind of okay we're focusing on the more liberal and maybe more woke fan base uh there's no problems with that that's a good thing as long as you're not alienating the traditional fan base that were also supporting the franchise because the traditional fan base whatever color they they are whether they tend to be you know more white or whether they tend to be more male is beside the point if the if that um is a you know very integral part of what is supporting the franchise then you've got to think about that um in terms of if you want your films and books and canon to do well and to make a lot of money and to continue to have great toy sales and and, and really sort of um be reaching their full potential then you've got to try and, and do things in a way 
where you appeal to if you want to appeal to a woke fan base or a more liberal fan base do that go for it but also not alienate the fans that have already supported the franchise because they are the bread and butter they're the ones that will go to comic con and go to all the events and support and support and support and support they're the ones that will buy all the toys and all the figurines they're the ones that will dress up in cosplay they're the ones that will go to the cinema three or four times to watch the film they'll go about and buy the dvds as well they'll they'll really go to the nth degree to promote the franchise because they are the loyal fan base now i, I don't i'm not saying that all their views are right or wrong just because they are the traditional loyal fan base um you know kennedy's got some ideas that she wants to bring along and and if she's bringing new ideas along then then there could have always be a situation where there's a sort of resistance uh, so to speak uh, against what kathleen kennedy is doing and so in that respect um she would have, i think she would have factored that in as that would be part of the equation but i think just just being business uh, savvy and using uh, you know that sort of business acumen that that i think kathleen kennedy you know would have um uh but i don't know if it's been displayed really well at the moment within the star wars franchise so just some things to think about and in our next segment of the show i'm going to talk a little bit about the archetypal themes that play out in star wars and for me why these archetypal themes make star wars such a successful franchise and and these themes don't just play out in star wars they play out in probably all uh successful franchises that you see in books and films so back with you very very soon on the law be with you podcast show welcome back to the law be with you podcast show um i want to talk to you about this little book i've got it's an interesting book and i'm just kind of browsing through it uh, but it really does address some of the ideas in Star Wars, which I think are really key to making Star Wars such a successful franchise and why the fans love Star Wars so much. The book's called The Ultimate Star Wars and Philosophy. You must unlearn what you have learned. And it kind of um, sort of focuses on some of the key concepts and ideas from the Star Wars franchise and really... Um, explores them in a very interesting way so on this part here i'm it's talking about mythology and the mythological understandings uh and underpinnings of myth so i'm going to read a little bit out from this book here just a few little parts of it just to get a flavor of of what we're talking about here as human universals myths are stories pointing to people's highest values and most sacred beliefs for example the great scriptures of the world's religions could be studied as myth as mythic material as a vital cultural force myth is fundamental to how we understand ourselves and reality myth is all-encompassing defining a worldview let di yet different societies will have different myths based on their different environments and histories since there are many myths around the globe encountering a new culture often leads to a clash of mythic worldviews despite this some argue that beneath such 
surface differences lies a universal shared mythic core. Let's continue. Joseph Campbell, man of the monomyth. Now, Joseph Campbell is um, is a very important uh, character. Uh, well, I say character is a, you know he's not he's not a fictional character. He's a real man, and he was somebody that really influenced George Lucas. So I'm gonna read a little bit about him right now. And it will give you an idea of where George Lucas was going. The ideas that really helped propel uh, his narrative on Star Wars. Campbell remains one of the most famous mythologi mythologists. Mythologists. Pronouncing that correctly there. But he was by no means the first. Unlike earlier students of myth, Campbell was not interested in myth's ultimate origins. Nor was he interested in denouncing myths as simplistic explanations of the of the world now surpassed by modern science. Rather, Campbell investigated myth as a source of timeless human truths still relevant for contemporary life. He drew on various on a various approaches of myth to myth, especially psychoanalysts and the work of Carl Jung. These are the kind of and you you know we we've kind of mentioned archetypes a little bit on the show before, but you, that's where that's where these archetypes come from it's young Jungian archetypes Campbell contended that there's a single monomyth sometimes he dubbed the hero's journey underlying all the world's mythologies in its full form this journey entails 17 stages but here is a summary the basic monomyth informs us that the, that the mythological hero setting out from an everyday home is lured or carried away or proceeds to the threshold of an adventure he defeats a shadowy presence that guards the, the gateway enters a dark passageway or even death meets many unfamiliar forces some of which give him threatening tests some of which offer magical aid at the climax of the quest he undergoes a supreme ordeal and, and gains his reward or boon as it's sometimes called sacred marriage or sexual union with the goddess of the world reconciliation with the father his own divinization or a mighty gift to bring back to the world he then undertakes the final work of return in which transformed he re-enters the place from which he set out so this is kind of a little bit of a an idea of some of the things that were really influencing george lucas this idea of the monomyth which is coming from which is coming from joseph campbell and, and is often called the hero's um journey so let's continue here uh and it really is uh, a fascinating thing more importantly according to campbell the hero's journey traces the psychological and spiritual path to which each individual is called campbell's theory is compelling and testifies to his amazing ability to synthesize findings from various fields his monomyth allows us to see patterns in and make connections between different tales across widely divergent cultures moreover by highlighting what he considered universal human truths campbell's ideas continue to resonate with a wide audience hungering for common ground in an increasingly fragmented society ironically campbell's scheme has achieved an almost mythic status of its own small wonder then that campbell's monomyth would appeal to a young 
filmmaker called George Lucas. And so you see, once again, this idea of the monomyth and how this has appealed to a young George Lucas. And this model or pattern or paradigm you see in a lot of great stories. So just have just bear that in mind as we're talking about this right now. Here we go again. Campbell's influence on Star Wars seems less obvious, but the details are difficult to determine, partly because Lucas himself gives different accounts of it. The standard story is that Lucas had written two drafts of a Star Wars of Star Wars when in 1975 he discovered the hero with a thousand faces, a book he'd read years before in college. Campbell's hero's journey provided a perfect focus for Lucas's sprawling epic. In a later interview, though, Lucas said that soon after completing America Graffiti in 1973, while immersed in other projects, and this is the this is the quote from Lucas, it came to to me that there really was no modern use of mythology. So that's when I started doing more strenuous research on fairy tales. Now remember that from fairy tales, we talked with Luke Saul about this, with Tolkien and adult fairy tales. So this links even with what the, the podcast episode with, with Luke Saul that we talked about um, adult fairy tales and, and, and you know what Tolkien was doing with, with Lord of the Rings. I shall continue. Folklore and mythology, and I started reading Joe's books. Before that, I hadn't read any of Joe's books. I was very eerie because in reading the, the Hero with a Thousand Faces, I began to realise that my first draft of Star Wars was following classical motifs. Okay, that's really interesting. So there's kind of two versions of, um, of how George Lucas started Star Wars was he was he influenced by star was he influenced by joseph campbell before or was it kind of at the same time either way i do believe he was influenced by by joseph campbell because you see uh, so many of those archetypes in star wars you see the hero's journey in star wars and so especially especially in the character of luke skywalker and the journey that he has to face in going against the 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 empire the corporate empire uh, which is corrupted by Emperor Palpatine, and and the uh, and obviously you end up finding out his father, Darth Vader. So these motifs, these patterns, these archetypes, you see these play out in in great stories, including Star Wars. You see in you see in Lord of the Rings, you see in um, the Matrix, you see in a lot of excellent stories and narratives. And um, so when you hear about star wars and you hear about the issues with the fan base and you know kathleen kennedy and the the arguments that are, are going on within the fandom of star wars you realize that some of these ideas of, of, of a universal monomyth which kind of are almost like a kind of unifying force in a in times where society is fragmented these stories are unifying they draw people of different backgrounds and and different races and different ideologies and they they and we all recognize this motif as of the hero of um of good versus evil 
of the hero's story, the hero's journey. We recognize these great ideas and these great stories and they inspire us, they bring the best out in us, they they are something that we enjoy. We pay money for these stories. We'll we will you know we will um pay for Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or HBO Max because of these stories. We'll buy the DVDs, you know, we might buy the lightsabers, we'll buy the books, we'll buy the video games. Um, you know, we'll 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 invest in these things because these stories there's an eternal element to these stories. There's an unconscious element to these stories. Um, and if you want to know more about that, you need to, you know, we will talk about it on, on the Lorby With You podcast show. But also I'd recommend lo- look into um, uh, Joseph Campbell and the hero with a thousand faces. Look into Carl Jung and the Jungian archetypes. And like I say, we will talk about these things on the show as well. But if you really want to know more, those are, that's the sort of area kind of, to look into it and you'll really get an idea of why these franchises the franchises that follow this format in a in a way that is productive you'll get an idea of how how well these franchises have done and why these franchises are so productive and make so much money and end up having such a great a great fan base of loyal fans that really want to invest in them so um what i would say is that there is that is an idea for you to have a think about there and it shows how powerful these stories and narratives can be so yeah just a little kind of uh something for you to think about there when you're thinking about star wars or any other story um looking at how powerful these stories are and so yeah hope you enjoyed our little talk on this and we'll be very with you very soon on the law be with you podcast show I hope you're enjoying the uh, Law Be With You podcast show and I really enjoy speaking to the fan base, speaking to those of you who are supporting the podcast and um, if you want to get in touch with the show, um, there are several ways to be able to do that. Uh, One of the ways is on the Anchor app itself where you can leave a voice message. Um, There are also ways that if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a comment on the show as well as liking the show as well. Um, so I would love to hear from you if you maybe you might consider yourself a Star Wars fan but you're more liberal or more woke I would love to hear from you as well um, because you know I think moving forward for Star Wars that you know the way to move forward is for a, a, a very holistic vision a vision that isn't against a traditional fan base but also a vision that um, you know will also look for new fans as well and, and in that respect um you know woke star wars fans or star wars fans that are more liberal you know should be encouraged to uh you know identify with star wars star wars is not only for a traditional fan base but certainly um it is the traditional fan base that spend the money on the product it is the traditional fan base that um have been the foundation for how well star wars has done financially buying the merchandise buying the media and etc so in that respect i think in, you know reflecting on these things coming away from this podcast episode there's there's these things to think about of you know how do lucasfilm move forward how does kathleen kennedy move forward and certainly try to and certainly you can't please everybody whatever decision she's going to make you know isn't going to it's not going to please everybody 
that's just being realistic okay so we, we we need to you know kind of take that into account we need to acknowledge that but also acknowledging that um alienating the traditional fan base is also not a good idea because whether you want to whether you want to look at it from a moral point of view as a moral framework or from a financial point of view um you can see that financially it's not it's not good for the franchise the franchise has been as as a has struggled with in terms of the, how much money and revenues they've been making more recently in the sequel trilogy and also causing a kind of very um a sort of divide within the fandom as well as we kind of alluded to uh in the opening segment of the civil war situation going on at disney lucas film so there's a lot to think about but if you want to get in contact with the lobby with you podcast show please leave a message for me um and yeah talk about you know your ideas and where you're coming from as a star wars fan and i would love to be able to then play those voice notes in uh, another star wars episode that we do so god bless you and i hope to hear from you very soon